Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture on the Rocks. I'm Callan, and I'm here with Anna. I'm very excited to be back recording because we had to push our normal uh, recording date. I don't know if anybody can relate or (laughs) if they just saw it on the news, but we've been in a little bit of a snowpocalypse here in Mississippi, so... (laughs) Yeah. It's not been a normal week for us. No, not at all. There are so many p- other parts of the country that definitely understand a snowstorm and are very much prepared. Unfortunately, our neck of the woods is not used to this type of weather, so everything here has just been kind of at a standstill. And pretty much today, really, things have kind of caught back up. I feel like, you know, a lot of things are are finally melting and stores are able to restock and restaurants are able to reopen still within the COVID guidelines because we're still, you know, in (laughs) that world. But (laughs) at least we can actually, like we were talking about earlier, like we can actually get out of the house and at least go for a drive. Like, yeah, I was telling Anna earlier that I was having flashbacks to like March 2020, just being locked in the house. But at least at that point in time, we were having nice weather. We could go outside a lot. We could go for a drive if it were nice. And (laughs) here we are. (laughs) We were literally locked in our homes this week. So, yeah, maybe that will at least help the COVID numbers. That's what I tried to tell myself. Yes, that's been one positive to come out of this. And I lost power briefly, definitely not in in comparison to a lot of people uh, within our area and also with Texas and that whole debacle. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely eye-opening, I think, for all of our local businesses and everything to realize, like, this happens again. We need to... (laughs) to have some things in place so yeah our infrastructure is just not built for this at all Mm -hmm. it's like the roads are just covered in ice and it's just going to stay there until yeah uh, the temperature goes up you know yeah we don't have snow plows or salt trucks or anything like that so yeah it's weird people laugh at us you know because we'll cancel school if it's like an inch of snow but I mean if you live here and you try to drive on these roads with all these people that do not know how to drive Mm -hmm. in yeah we don't have snow tires so yeah yeah you would be saying I want to stay at home as well so (laughs) laugh at us all you want but come down here and experience it for yourself and you won't be laughing anymore yes But we're very thankful to be back and be recording and be warm. So, Anna, what are you drinking today to keep you warm? (laughs) Actually, that's funny because I'm not drinking something alcoholic. I'm having coffee today. Yeah, We are recording a little bit earlier than we normally do. And, you know, I try not to drink coffee or tea, like caffeinated tea, after like, you know, six o'clock. Because it kind of messes with me. But it's 4.30, so I'm good, right? Perfect. But yeah, it was nothing really fancy. You know, I haven't been able to go to the store or to my favorite local coffee shop to get extra coffee or anything or like a fancy drink or anything. So I just Mm -hmm. had my favorite dark roast from my local coffee shop and put it in my Keurig. And I have some almond milk creamer. That's really nice. I am either a like for drip coffee, I either like it black or I like it with some creamer in it. I never put sugar in it. I don't know why. Yeah, same. It's kind of yeah, I like a black coffee. But 
if I'm going to spice it up, then yeah, a little creamer that's really good Mm -hmm. is good for me. But yeah, the milk and sugar and all that, I wouldn't even know where to start with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's keeping my hands warm right now. Thankfully, I mean, it's gotten a lot warmer here today. So I think it's in the 50s right now. It's shorts weather. Yes. (laughs) It was... (laughs) It shot up very quickly, so thankfully I'm not out of power anymore, and I'm able to stay warm, so. But I'm just enjoying my nice cup of coffee today. I love it. Can't ever go wrong with a coffee beverage. It's true. Well, I had originally planned on having a cocktail for this episode, and then I decided it was a little too early for me to go that hard with (laughs) a homemade cocktail. Um, I still do have a cider. Nice. No, just per usual. On brand. Yeah, but it's a little bit of a nicer like afternoon drink, I felt like, Mm -hmm. than some like liquor. So (laughs) I've actually had this one on an episode before, I think, um, but I got it at Trader Joe's in my last stock up, and it's the Tailgate Cider, and it's made in Nashville, so semi-local, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the one that's not too sweet, not too dry. So right up my alley and very good, you know, 5% alcohol, 16 ounces, just a good little happy hour beverage. Yeah, there you go. I love it. What have you been watching or consuming during this snow snowstorm <laughs> week? <laughs> oh my goodness, so many things. Thankfully, I've been able to work from home, so that's been great because I haven't, like a lot of people who haven't been able to make any money this past week, so I'm grateful for that. So basically, while I was between working and then, you know, figuring out how to spend the rest of my time and not wanting to like clean or, you know, do anything productive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did start watching several things and I actually watched a Christmas movie. (laughs) Well, the weather's appropriate. It's more appropriate than at our normal Christmas. Exactly. Like one of my life goals is to have a white Christmas at my own Mm -hmm. home like I've had a white Christmas before but it's not been here you know it's been like in the mountains somewhere so right anyway we just got it late it's February it's fine it's called Holidate is the name it's a Netflix original okay yeah I saw a lot of people talking about that but I I you know I didn't get around to watching it (laughs) of course so is that the one with Emma Roberts though yes it is Mm -hmm. who just became a mother um, wild it is wild crazy to think she's I think just a year older than me so it's just kind of wild to think about but the father of her child is um mm-hmm. what's his name from that movie Garrett so. Hedlund <laughs> right yes <laughs> okay yeah yeah that guy that I feel like nobody really knows his name I I don't know I pulled that out of nowhere but <laughs> people only recognize his face I think yeah but he was with Kirsten Dunst for a while oh okay interesting yeah so it has Emma Roberts and has a <laughs> Uh, a guy, I don't know his name, that's pretty bad, but oh well. He's like the love interest in the movie, and he is mm-hmm. Australian. I don't oh. know if he's actually Australian or if he just happens to have an accent, but I assume he's an Australian actor. But it is not one of the Hemsworths, of course. Well, they couldn't afford that for holiday. <laughs> 
Uh, but you would love this guy, Callan. This guy is made for you. I mean, he's already Australian. I know. I was about to say, you're, you've already got my attention. Yes. So that's already a hit, uh, you know, a home run for you. Uh-huh. Extra home run is that the character is a professional golfer. Whoa. Yeah. So basically, Holiday is, I think, considered a holiday movie, but it really is like quintessentially a holiday movie because it goes through every single holiday of an entire calendar year. Oh. Yeah. So like the movie starts, I think, at Christmas. And basically it's about this girl, Emma Roberts' character, who she's just like fed up with love. She had a bad breakup in the past and like everybody in her family is either married or engaged or something and her parents are very pushy about trying to get her to you know get hitched and have babies and all that stuff and so she's just really pessimistic with the dating life and she ends up meeting this Australian guy and they decide to have a holiday meaning that they are going to spend holidays together as their date so like New Year's is coming up and so they take each other to this New Year's Eve party so that people won't ask them you know, why are you Mm -hmm. here alone? Or, you know, are you seeing anyone? All those questions single people get all the time, constantly. So the concept was very interesting. And they were very much like, this has no sexual benefits. We're strictly just gonna have fun at these dates. And we don't talk in between then. So basically, I mean, if you think about it, there's pretty much a holiday every month, even if it's, you know, something smaller. So like, you know, New Year's, we just had Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day is coming up, Easter, Mm -hmm. Mother's Day, those kinds of things. Right. So they kind of saw each other once a month. And so it goes through every single holiday that they spend together. And spoiler alert, you know, they start creating romantic feelings for each other right you know it's pretty predictable I guess but there are a lot of things that happen in the show that are very unpredictable just like different circumstances different humorous elements that happen that you're like wow that would not happen in a Hallmark movie or something like that Mm -hmm. (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's definitely Mm -hmm. more adult humor you know adult language adult content all that kind of stuff but it's very funny, just lighthearted. So I recommend it, you know, it's something fun. And like it has kind of a Christmassy vibe, but literally it's every holiday. You could watch it any holiday. <laughs> well, yeah, I didn't know that. I feel like the fact that it came out during Christmas yeah. kind of led me astray there. Yeah. But that sounds like a very cute concept. Yeah, it was a very cute just a cute deal and like looking at all these parties that they went to I'm like wow is that like what normal people do like do they go to like all these parties for these random (laughs) these random events I do not (laughs) we might have a little like treat at work or something but yeah like a a big event every month I know like there's some of these parties that they went to and I'm like wow I need to step up my game and like you know once we can have (laughs) large gatherings again I need to like take some hints from these people get like a real rager going on (laughs) (laughs) I mean I feel like we're all gonna want that yes most definitely everybody comes in with their with their covid card and they're like yeah vaccination party or whatever yeah (laughs) flash your flash your vaccine card yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah so we i watched holiday you know probably a week ago and then the other night steven and i wanted to watch a movie and he was like you have to pick what movie it is and i'm trying to get him more educated on some movies that are my favorite 
So yeah. he's seen some of the, like, my favorite movies that he probably would never watch himself. Right. And one of those movies this time was Bridesmaids. Oh, good. Like, <laughs> one of my all-time favorite movies. Definitely one of my yes. favorite comedy movies. Kristen Wiig is, like, my soulmate, as I think mm-hmm. I've said on here before. I love her. She is like the most hilarious person. And so we rented Bridesmaids on Prime and he had never seen it before. And it's been a while since I've seen it. And I can't believe that movie came out 10 years ago. Oh, my word. I know. It does not feel like it was that long ago, but it did. Uh -uh. And I mean, it holds up. The cast is fantastic. And Mm -hmm. the jokes are really funny. The crazy things that happen are hilarious. So he really enjoyed it. And he's the reason I know that he enjoys it is that he quotes it in like everyday life. Okay, yeah, yeah. Hit a home run there. <laughs> What's he quoting so far? Um, we talked about like the bad carrot that they talk about. Like every bag of carrots has a ugly carrot in it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I just when I think about that movie, I think about the airplane scene. I just yes. like can never get over that. Like <laughs> that's probably you're right. That's probably the scene that I qu- I think you and I quote the most. And uh-huh. what I've quoted with Steven, because, like, we'll just, like, you know, get ready to cook dinner. And I'm like, it's ready to party. And, you know. <laughs> yes. The colonial woman on the wing. I will never get over that. She's churning butter. <laughs> There's something they're not telling us. How <laughs> oh, she freaks out all the people. Oh, my gosh. Cracks me up. Oh, I remember the one that I've quoted to him recently. <laughs> okay, stove. What kind of name is Stove? Uh, my name is Steve. What are you, an appliance? No, my name is Steve. <laughs> yes. I forgot about that one. <laughs> I know, me either. And I love the fact that Chris O'Dowd is in it. Mm. I feel like he is just like... He is wonderful. Underappreciated. You he know? really is. He's so good. Yeah, he's the love interest in Bridesmaids if you haven't seen it. But he is also a main character on IT Crowd, which is one of the best shows of all time. Yes, agreed. Anyway, enough about what I'm watching. What about you? (laughs) I also watched a romantic flick this week. Nice. For all my other, to all the boys fans out there, the final movie in the trilogy came out. Yes, Valentine's Day weekend. I was a little bit nervous just because I think any series or trilogy that you watch that you get attached to, when a new movie comes out in that, you are nervous because oh, yeah. you don't want them to mess anything up. You just want it to be good. So I will say that I gave it a 10 out of 10, which oh, I was very relieved by. Yes. Yeah. So I love the first one. It came out in 2018, which is crazy to think of now. I loved it. I've seen that one a million times. Like, I'll just put it on in the background mm-hmm. just as like a, you know, a nice soothing thing to see. Yeah. And then the second one I had only watched once and It was like, okay. There were things about it that I liked, but I think just because I liked the first one, it was kind of eh. Yeah. Most people I knew kind of had that same reaction, but I will say we watched it before. We just decided to have like a marathon in preparation. So of course we rewatched the first one. It was great. And then the second one we watched again and I liked it a lot better. Like my roommate, Caitlin and I were discussing this because she had not even finished it. Like she didn't like it the first go around and this time we were like this is so good so we we're trying to figure out what 
happened there? Like, mm-hmm. has 2020 just made us love everything that comes <laughs> out? I don't know. Like, are our standards lower? Were we just really, like, nostalgic? And I don't know. I feel like a lot of movie trilogies that I have watched and loved over the years, the second one is a letdown. And I think it's because you love the first one so much. Oh, yeah. So I think maybe having some time to, like, separate from that helped um so yeah i i was like this was good but the third one was wonderful they filmed the second and third one at the same time so oh okay everyone would kind of look the same and all that and in the last one they are planning Uh, for college so it's leading up to graduation and prom and all that and figuring out where they're gonna go and how their relationship is gonna work through that right that was really interesting I feel like you got a lot of like deeper moments like let me tell you Noah Centineo proved his acting chops with some of the serious scenes they have so Mm -hmm. I think that's good for his career they finished it off like perfectly in my opinion Maybe other people have different thoughts, but everyone in my household was very satisfied. Well, good. Yeah, I've seen the first two, and I'm kind of like you guys originally, where the first one I really enjoyed, and the second one I'm kind of like, meh, indifferent. Uh So maybe I should go back and watch the second one before I watch the third, but that's great to know. Yeah, I think you should, just to see if you have that same effect. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe you can see if this hypothesis is correct, that maybe (laughs) some separation does it. I don't know. But yeah, let me know what you think when you watch it, because it was really good. The movie starts off, Laura Jean and her family are in Korea, so that was really cool. They actually went to Korea and filmed stuff there. Yeah. Um, So that was also really fun to see. So yeah, check it out. For anyone out there listening, if you have also watched it, I would love to hear your thoughts on the kind of finale of the series and what else you personally have been watching so don't forget that we do have an email where you can send us all your thoughts requests and recommendations and also you can find us on instagram and twitter before we move into my education segment i have to ask as always (laughs) anna right what is a reason why you and i should be on the amazing race well kellen (laughs) i have a few as always so it's hard to narrow it down just because we have so many reasons well they're endless they're endless it really is and speaking of endless callan and i are very organized people and i feel like that is very beneficial for the race specifically we're organized in that we really love a good list yes yes Mm -hmm. yes like we have realized that's one of the pillars of our friendship is how important lists are to everything. Like if you see the notes section on both of our phones, it is like stacked with lists of anything and everything. Like not just grocery lists like people have, but like just the most random lists. Like one one trend that Callan and I have that comes to mind is that anytime we're together, we usually have the weirdest eating schedule. And (laughs) which is such a random trait. But Callan always has a list of the most random things that we consume (laughs) while we're together. Like, just some of the like, because some of it will be we did not eat at all. And like, we only ate one thing that whole day. Or It's the complete opposite where (laughs) we're sitting on a beach and literally all day we are snacking. That's true. (laughs) 
<laughs> do you want me to provide some examples? I would love some examples. I think I think <laughs> the listeners would love some too. <laughs> looking at this, it is absolutely ridiculous. And they're all crazy now that I'm looking back. So if you don't want to hear this, just skip on through. But I think this is really funny. <laughs> because, yeah, it's like we love to eat, first of all. We love food. It's true. Yeah. So like when we aren't eating on a trip or like, you know, when we're together, there's obviously something big happening. So <laughs> the first time that I realized, like, we ate the most random assortment was when we were in New Orleans at Comic-Con. And I was like, I gotta start taking note of what we we're eating because this is bizarre. So that day, all we ate was a granola bar, pretzels and goldfish, PB&J, goldfish, and fruit by the foot, nabs which are peanut butter crackers if you're not from the south almonds and goldfish nabs fruit by the foot and a hug <laughs> like the Hershey kiss <laughs> with the hug which I think that one always gets me and then that night garlic rolls <laughs> and two extra large slices of pizza like all we were doing was snacking that entire day walking around comic-con oh now gosh. on the opposite end of the spectrum when we went to chatsworth the best day of our lives that we reference mm -hmm. quite often <laughs> this was a day that we did not really have access to much food we didn't like pack snacks like we should have but we are very grateful for one snack we purchased at the airport <laughs> so that morning before our flight we we had one piece of butter toast each <laughs> Half a Sprite, three bags each of Tato, which is the snack we bought in Ireland at the airport. Uh, we bought like a variety pack and that was all we ate. And we were so grateful. And then one and a half digestives, which are like cookies. <laughs> so, okay. I don't know how we survived that. Okay, so then Orange Beach for Hangout Festival. <laughs> I was thinking about that one specifically. <laughs> yes, okay. In a 24-hour period, we had a whole box of wheat thins plus all of a homemade cheese ball, <laughs> a pizza cone, more nabs, cheese it grooves almost the entire box all of this is homemade pasta salad chicken salad other chicken salad with ritz and barbecue chips <laughs> then we had a piece of cake popcorn hangout punch and then cheetos and bunnies which i think are like annie's bunnies <laughs> Okay. And then this is one that was unique because I realized like we had so many beverages. <laughs> I remember this one because yeah. this was just an assortment. So in one day, I had a cup of coffee, three glasses of Dr. Pepper, <laughs> randomly a glass of milk, <laughs> an angry orchard, a Dr. Pepper tin, a vanilla Coke zero, and four glasses of water. <laughs> How I held that, I don't know. <laughs> that is a lot. It is. Anna had a cup of coffee, three glasses of Diet Dr. Pepper, a glass of milk. <laughs> Guess we were in the mood. <laughs> an Angry Orchard, an Arizona Green Tea, an Arnold Palmer, and one bottled water. So at least I had more water. <laughs> yeah, you did better than I did. <laughs> oh my gosh. Finally, we had in New Orleans, when we went to a Saints game, we had coffee with cream and then a pontilly latte plus filtered water so that was at a cafe sausage egg and cheese no lachi like a kolachi but they were being clever nibbles of macadamia nut cookie carrot cake muffin and fruit 
half a bottle of water and half a bottle of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, barbecue nachos (laughs) with pork and extra chicken, (laughs) a slice of bread and butter. We split... So I'm sorry. We split spicy crawfish poppers, three each, <laughs> nibbles of stuffed shrimp, Mountain Dew, and <laughs> Dr. Pepper Ices. I forgot about <laughs> that. Those are good. I did too. And then nibbles of vanilla cupcake goldfish. A lot of this I forgot these snacks even exist. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's an example of a list. And that's just an example of one of the most random things that we just have a list of. Because we have so many just random, you know, where you can like share lists with people. Yeah. We just have the most random list shared together. And you're probably like, okay, but like, what does that have to do with traveling around the world? Well, first of all, I think it's very important for you to be organized in general on the show. But even more so, we just love taking lists of just random crap. Yeah. And <laughs> like, that's just a natural thing that we like to do. And since we're already super fans of The Amazing Race, we know how important and it- it can be to take notes of what's happening throughout the race. So like what challenges you're doing, what countries you're going to, what their flags look like, who's meeting you with Phil at the at the like ending and just things like that. Because we saw that even like the, the most recent uh, season of The Amazing Race, they had memory competitions about songs, which hmm, kind of hard to write that down. But, right. <laughs> you know, maybe we could make like some shorthand or something to get kind of jog our memory. <laughs> But that can be such a pivotal part of the race because a lot of those memory challenges are towards the end, either Mm -hmm. like this last season where it wasn't in the finale, but it was the episode before the finale. And that's just kind of like the big, the big deal because that's always so difficult because people either don't take the right notes or they don't take notes at all. And they're just like so confused and can't remember anything. I don't have a super great memory and that's why I take so many notes is just because mm-hmm. I forget everything and I have to remind myself. I mean, hello, you know, me forgetting the tickets. That's like my everyday <laughs> life. So it's part of our personality that we already like to take notes of like just what's going on. I have a journal, for example, that I just journal about what's going on in my life. So I feel like it just comes naturally to us to be observant of things that are happening and that would come across on the race, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's so true. We pay attention to the little things. Like we like to, we say we're detail oriented. And I feel like I have a good memory, but sometimes it's like I remember something random and not at all the thing I need to remember. Right. <laughs> and so the list is like perfect for that and for those types of challenges because I mean, hopefully we can anticipate what a memory challenge might be. I feel like the song one was super random and mm-hmm. I would not have thought about that but even watching that like now we know okay we need to be looking at like every element and Mm -hmm. like things that are commonly happening every week right in every challenge and then writing that down and taking note of that making mental notes and like if it is music tying that to a memory that we can write down Mm -hmm. you know so yeah I think that is an excellent point I love the list making like it's just fun like that these things happened years ago but we can still (laughs) laugh because we've got the list it really is just a memory 
of so many things. So we already do that just in our everyday friendship. So I think it'll come naturally to us. You are correct. Thank you. I loved that one. I'm glad. It was fun going down memory lane of our random foods. It really was. (laughs) Again, before I dive into what I'm educating on, I looked at my list for this episode and I realized that I missed something that I wanted to comment on just because I was listening to it before we started recording. And this is completely unrelated to everything that we've so far (laughs) talked about but I just had to remind everybody because I was reminded myself what a banger Jericho by Hilary Duff is (laughs) (laughs) wow (laughs) I know I I have no idea today what sparked the memory but like I was like cleaning in my room and stuff and I just started like singing the chorus like I haven't heard that song in a while I don't know what sparked it but yeah I thought about that last scene of Raise Your Voice Mm -hmm. when she's out there performing it and then of course you know it's on maybe her best album that's debatable but if you don't know that song or you don't remember it you need to go listen because I was like wow this is this is awesome. Like, I'm out here jamming. So <laughs> I just wanted to remind everyone. And, you know, it's uplifting in a way. So, yeah, check that's it out. a great flashback. <laughs> yes. Go watch the scene. Raise Your Voice is not. I love that movie because I'm me, but it's not the best <laughs> movie, but that is a great moment. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that movie. It has some great people in it. So, check it out. I, I had to think of a little transition, but. <laughs> Speaking of, like, Jericho and, you know, historic things, (laughs) (laughs) I am, I didn't even tell you what I was going to educate you on, but Mm -hmm. I figured now is as good a time as ever to dive into Bridgerton. Yeah, let's go. Yes. So I've mentioned it, like, twice so far on the show, just in little bits, but I have not educated you yet. And I do not believe you have watched it yet. I have not. So I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. Okay. Tell me what you know and what your perception is of the show. Okay. I know from you and then from other friends that I have and then just random internet things that pop up. I've not been seeking out this like, you know, information about the show. So it's just kind of in passing. Um, Main thing that I know about the show is that there is some sexual content, which surprises a lot of people. (laughs) So there's that. That's kind of been the biggest thing that I've heard. And then that it kind of like rides the line between like a period piece versus like there's some things that are not really addressed. Like certain things within... Because it happens in like England, right? Yeah. Set there. So some things like social issues or like women entering society or however you phrase that. There are some things that like aren't really addressed that like weren't would not be a part of that time period, if that makes right. sense. Yeah. So like I've heard that it, it kind of has modern day aspects that are entwined with things that would have happened within that mm-hmm. time period. Mm-hmm. Is that a... Yeah, I think that's a good assessment. Okay. And then I've heard that it the the music is good. Yes. Yeah, no, I think all of that is correct. And that's what I feel like you would know just from, you know, seeing people talk about it online and all that because it, it has blown up. It came out on Netflix on Christmas Day. So I watched it that awkward week between Christmas and New Year's Day. <laughs> you know, I watched it is eight episodes. So... They're almost an hour long each, but 
I was able to watch it, you know, fairly quickly that week. So mm-hmm. I think it did well coming out at that time because it's like, I think they they thought about the fact that people don't have as much going on that week yeah. before the new year. So they knew people could be at home watching this and they sure did. So <laughs> it is based on a series of novels by Julia Quinn. I never heard of her. I never heard of the story or the books or anything before this, but they adapted it into a Netflix series, obviously. Like I said, came out Christmas 2020. Chris Van Dusen is the showrunner, and then Shonda Rhimes, aka Shondaland, is the producer slash production company, which I know I mentioned when I first told you I was watching it. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that had something to do with its success because yeah. there are some diehard Shonda people out there. So it's like they're going to watch whatever she puts out. Plus right. you have people that had read the books that were excited about it. But yeah, it just like took off on Netflix. Apparently it is now the most watched Netflix series. Wow. Yeah. That is shocking. 82 million households watched it. Wow. So I would have not have guessed that. I know. We can discuss it, I guess, after I explain it, maybe why it was as successful as Mm -hmm. it was. Not because it didn't deserve it, but because it's... Sometimes I'm like, how is this super popular and this isn't? Or like, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We can can discuss it. Um, I will give the disclaimer that there are so many characters in this. And I... I'm highlighting the ones that I think are the most important for this particular educational segment. Yeah. I am not talking about every person because we would be here for a very long time. And I'm not the most, you know, versed person in Bridgerton world. So just saying that I'm going to give you characters and kind of their plot points, but I'm definitely going to leave out some stuff on purpose and not on purpose. So yeah, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> so it's set in the 1800s of London and it's like the Regency era. It's this time of the season, as they say, where high society, aka the ton, as I've never heard that term, maybe you have, but mm-hmm. I had not heard that pre-watching this um but the ton is like the high society people it's like based off of a french word so it's when the debutantes are presented at the royal court Mm -hmm. so it's like they're entering society obviously we're trying to marry them off to as good of a suitor as possible they're presented to the queen and the queen kind of makes her like pick kind of like the star of the season Mm -hmm. so really you have two main families that are featured in the show that are trying to marry their daughters off you have the bridgertons the dowager viscountess violet is the mom and their dad is dead if i read the book i'm sure i'd know a little bit more backstory on when he died and all that because they have some younger kids so it couldn't have been super long ago and the mom's still fairly young so you have the oldest son anthony so he's the viscount now he's in charge basically he's obviously the oldest male heir so 
so a lot of pressure is put on him and he's kind of responsible for helping find a suitor for Daphne who I will mention later. There are other sons so there's Benedict and Colin are younger than Anthony obviously but still almost like adult <laughs> um, I don't know all their ages I'm sorry. They kind of each have a storyline you know and then you have Gregory is the youngest son. Then you have four daughters so it's a large family. You have Daphne who's the oldest daughter. She is really one of the main characters because she's the one entering society you know trying to find a husband right you have Eloise she's like a season before Daphne so like she's a little bit younger um but she's still technically like a kid and then you have Francesca and Hyacinth are the other two young daughters. So the show kind of opens up with the presentations at the royal court. And Daphne is picked by the queen as the, I can't remember the word exactly, but she's the like the pick, the star of the season. Yeah. She gets the queen's favor, I think is what they say. Then the other family you have is the Featheringtons. So you have the Baron and his wife, Lady Portia. Then you have their three daughters, Philippa, Prudence, and Penelope. When you think of Philippa and Prudence, picture the cartoon version of the evil stepsisters from Cinderella. (laughs) (laughs) They're very outlandish like that and, you know, very like man crazy, really excited to get married and just like flirting with everybody, but no one really likes them. (laughs) Yeah. And then Penelope is best friends with Eloise Bridgerton. So they're a really cute duo. And Penelope kind of thinks her sisters are ridiculous. (laughs) Penelope has a crush on Colin Bridgerton. They're like BFFs, um, and he has no idea that she has a crush on him. Right. Unfortunately, she is not society's version of beauty. She is a little bit heavier set. She's got bright red hair, um, and obviously she's young, so... Everybody kind of sees her as just like a friend. So yeah, she's really cute though. I love Eloise. Their relationship is awesome. The show is narrated by Julie Andrews, Mm. who we love. Love of my life. A queen among (laughs) us. It's true. So every episode, she opens it with narration and ends it. And then there's a little bit in between. You never see her. Mm -hmm. But her character's name is Lady Whistledown. So Lady Whistledown is a main figure in this story because picture like Gossip Girl. It's kind of like who is Lady Whistledown? No one knows but she knows everybody's business and she has a column in the society paper. Hmm. So like she will write about all the stuff going on. She's talking about all these like, she's talking about like Daphne and all the people involved in you know this season. Sometimes she rats people out on stuff. It's basically like Regency gossip girl because she seems to know everything people are tipping her off but nobody knows who she is right I will say at the end of the season in the last episode you find out who Lady Whistledown is oh yes I won't give it away for anyone who hasn't seen it Um, and apparently like in the books it's a little bit later on that you find out who it is which kind of makes sense but I guess they kind of wanted to leave it on like a cliffhanger get people excited about another season Yeah. And I will say that 
all season long, Eloise is like determined to find out who Lady Whistledown is. Like, mm-hmm. Eloise is very much a, I'm not excited about entering society next season. Like, I don't care about guys at all. I want a job. Like, I'm going to make my name by finding out who Lady Whistledown is. Mm-hmm. So she kind of gets herself in trouble trying to <laughs> seek that out. Right. So, of course, with every period piece, there has to be a beautiful male lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we do have that here. So, <laughs> Simon Bassett, a.k.a. the Duke of Hastings, is the main man on the scene. He is best friends with Anthony. They're the same age. He, in the first episode, comes back to town. He's kind of been out doing his thing, sowing his wild oats, as they all like to say, (laughs) and is back. So he's played by Reggae Jean Page. I had never seen him before. I think he was more popular in London. I know that he's done like some stage work and then he was also in Roots and he has like blown up since then. It's like people are obsessed with him, rightfully so. He's very good looking and he seems really nice in real life. So growing up, you get some of his backstory in flashbacks that his mom died when he was really young and he was raised by his father, the other Duke of Hastings, and his father was awful. Um, Simon had a stutter growing up and his dad abused him for that saying like he was never going to make anything of himself because he couldn't even speak basically treated his son like trash Mm -hmm. he was awful in one scene early on in a flashback you see his dad dying and Simon is at his deathbed Simon's last words to his dad are that he vows to never get married and basically never produce an heir because he's not going to continue the Hastings line like the Duke of Hastings line dies with me Hmm. just kind of a last like right you suck kind of thing yeah and you can really feel for him in that like seeing him as a little boy and then as a as a grown man who's been so hurt by his dad is really sad and you really feel for him his mentor is Lady Danbury and she's really a mother figure to him and really wants him to find love but he's never told anyone about this vow so like he just acts like I just want to be alone like I'm a loner I I'm a playboy kind of thing Mm -hmm. like I don't I don't need a wife and this kind of upsets her like she wants him to find true happiness and then the last character I wanted to mention is Queen Charlotte she's really interesting because obviously she makes appearances throughout the episodes I mean she's a queen so she's a very important character apparently Chris the showrunner tapped into Queen Charlotte's possible African ancestry if you don't know from like previews and stuff Bridgerton has a racially diverse cast and so Queen Charlotte in this is biracial. She's African-American and white. And so they dived into that racial heritage, basically using her as a figure of like, she was transformative for black people in England. Hmm. You also have people of Asian descent and other cultures that are in this too. That was something that really like, it kind of threw me off the first time I saw it because I didn't know that was a part of it. And Apparently, that was not in the novels. That wasn't an aspect of it. That's something they made with the show. Mm -hmm. But I really liked it because, I mean, unfortunately, what other period piece do I get where it's a racially diverse cast? Right. Yeah. So that was really cool to 
see this kind of alternate universe where the situations are still historically accurate but it's kind of showing you imagine if the world had been like this yeah um where you have these interracial couples and all this stuff and i mean it's sad to think about because we've been deprived of that kind of thing in the past but i think it's really cool that they made that a part of the show yeah the main plot obviously is daphne's entering society and then all these other characters have storylines like anthony is having a secret affair with an opera singer so that's where some of your graphic content comes in (laughs) her name's sienna and obviously like not the type of woman he can marry but he's in love with her and she's kind of fighting that battle because she knows she'll never be accepted but she loves him too yeah like i said all the siblings kind of have storylines as well simon who like i said is best friends with anthony he's making his appearances in the society scene and he and Daphne obviously know each other because of his friendship with her brother and they have like good chemistry and kind of build a friendship they decide they're gonna kind of be in cahoots like if he can kind of like shield her from some of the really yucky guys that want to you know court her because unfortunately it seems like all these young attractive girls and then these old fogies that you know are their options right um we've seen if you watch pair pieces you kind of have seen that before it's also going to help her like look more desirable because they start faking a relationship to make it make her look more desirable in the eyes of others because as soon as they start spending a lot of time together in the public eye all these men do want her so it makes her look more attractive and then he can kind of get lady danbury off his back because it looks like he is now seeing someone and right everybody can stop giving him a hard time about not courting anybody of course that escalates into a love story that gets very complex i don't want to give it all away but there's a lot of character development daphne really she starts to be independent and she's just been very sheltered her whole life just very naive about things and the way the world works and how people work and so simon really helps her uncover all that and then she helps him see that maybe he does deserve to be happy yeah there's a lot of stuff that's going on um like i said it's been described as like a gossip girl meets downton abbey which i think is a very (laughs) very good way to describe it i said the first in the first episode i mentioned it that i can tell it's like a shondaland production because it does have that abc like melodramatic vibe a little bit but it's very good quality the sets the costumes the acting is incredible i mean it is a netflix original so I expect that from them Uh, but you can definitely see that tone in it (laughs) kind of what you were talking about with the modern aspects being intertwined like I think it's the first episode where it's a violin version of thank you next is the song at the ball and then in another scene it's violin wildest dreams by taylor swift there's in my blood by sean mendez so it's all these like pop songs that we recognize but in like a classical version which is very unique and really cool Mm -hmm. element so all of that to say i really liked it i'm not gonna act like i am as obsessed with it as many people were i mean people were (sighs) obsessed (laughs) yes as we've probably all seen on the internet by now and i'm sure people some people listening are obsessed it's super entertaining i mean i held it held my intention in every episode and like i said they're almost an hour long but so so much happens in each episode (laughs) 
you'll finish an episode and you're like, wow, was that the same episode? Like, a lot happened. Season two is coming out. Um, They renewed it in January, so I don't know when they're going to get to film it, but apparently the second book, so the second season, focuses on Anthony's new love interest. So they've just cast that actress, and you will still see the other people, but it will be focused more on... Anthony this time and that story so I'm excited to see that I have time to read it before it comes out it's just a lot of elements like I didn't scratch the surface in some stuff that goes on (laughs) yeah and that's crazy they can pack so much in a short amount of time that's super impressive I mean having a book series I feel like that's a hard task trying to translate everything into a shorter amount of time from a book series so I'm curious to hear your thoughts from a book standpoint so you'll definitely have to let us know kind of compare and contrast all of that because I think that'll be really cool and a lot of people I think would be interested to hear like how things translate on screen but that's super neat I think the whole setup just sounds really fun and I guess kind of like what we were saying at the beginning of our conversation like how so many households were interested I do think it was definitely just word of mouth talking about how many people really enjoyed it that's definitely a part of it but now that I think about it I mean there are a lot of aspects that would draw people in so like you're saying there are people who were already fans who wanted to watch, and then people who maybe enjoy period pieces that are on it, Mm -hmm. people who really are interested in that there's a racially diverse cast talking about England's, like, high society, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, so people could be drawn in with that, and just a lot of different aspects that could bring different audiences into one place. So I could see how that could happen. It's just very interesting that that's the show that's like really taken off, which I love. That's great. That's super exciting because it sounds like it's a very different story to be told and one that hasn't really been told before. So it sounds like a lot of fun and a lot of people have really enjoyed it. Yeah. Everyone that I personally know who's watched it has been super into it. I don't know anyone personally that has not liked it. Very enjoyable show. So I think you'll definitely like it. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check it out because I know I love a period piece and I love different aspects all coming together kind of to make a big melting pot of something that's new and different. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that sounds great. Exactly. Definitely recommend uh, Bridgerton. So give it a shot. Even if you're not normally into a period piece like I said I feel like a lot of people that weren't normally into it even guys really enjoyed this show yeah because there's just so many elements like you can find something some aspect of it to like yeah (laughs) this was a very fun afternoon episode and (laughs) the weather's warming up and we've got a nice week ahead and I hope that everyone out there listening is also staying warm and having access to all the resources that they need because I know that's a struggle in various parts of the country right now. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you so much for listening as always. If you enjoy this episode, leave us a rating, a review, subscribe, um, tell your friends and your family, your neighbors, whoever. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. And until next time, I'm Callan. I'm Anna. Help me, I'm poor.